in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Bad With Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. I am so excited to have my guest back today. Tiffany Alice, do you want to tell my audience who you are and what you do? Sure, Gabe. So I am Tiffany Alice, better known as the Budget Nista. I like to say I'm one of America's favorite financial educators. I am an author of a New York Times bestselling book, Get Good With Money. I have a Netflix special, Get Smart With Money. Mm-hmm. And I specialize in teaching especially women, especially women of color, about personal finances in a way that's accessible and fun and engaging and fair. I think you're one of the most listened to of our old episodes. Really? Like I think that's you were awful. number one of like Spotify 2020 or something. Your episode was like, no. and it was the year we had Elizabeth Warren on. And you're wow. still number one. <laughs> that's awesome. 
So can you talk about your new book? I guess, I mean, I have a list of questions, but, and we get into that, but I just want to say it's a lot of math. And so I was wondering if that's why you decided to make it a workbook or like, what was the, I just like, you know, I think a lot of money books are like, just do this, just do that. But like yours had so much math and not in a (laughs) bad way, but Uh is that, am I like hitting on something? No. Well, you know what I got? So it, it did extremely well. I mean, like in two years, it sold almost 300,000 copies. It shocked everybody, including myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the original book, Get Good With Money. And I just got a lot of feedback from, from people who wanted more of an opportunity to do the work alongside the lesson. Mm-hmm. And so I was a school teacher for, for 10 years. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because that's why you literally get homework. You learn the lesson for the day. You do homework that, day, that night. And I thought, well, how do I take Get Good With Money? And do that where every lesson, so you learn the lesson. So it's still the same 10 financial wholeness steps, which are budgeting, savings, debt, credit, income, slash earning, investing, insurance, your personal money team, net worth, and estate planning. So those same 10 steps, but after every step, and I teach you the lesson in really a quicker form, if you will, then I show you what does it look like? If you were to do this lesson and then I give you a blank space to do it so you don't have to wait, you know, until the end of the book or whatever. It really is like you work alongside of learning the lesson. And so that's what makes my new book Made Whole different. I like to think of Made Whole as like the workbook and and Get Good With Money as the textbook. Yeah, I mean, there was like a lot of space where you could fill in your own stuff or Mm -hmm. the math is like kind of done in front of you so you can plug in your own numbers, which is great. Yeah. So, okay. My first question is I really liked in the beginning the talk of mistakes because I'm going through like a personal situation that I think I would deem a mistake maybe. But I wanted to, yeah, I guess like the, the use of the word mistake and like what you're sort of, reclaiming of that is? Well, one, it's almost like expecting, imagine like, you know, so I have a nieces and nephews and the youngest is is five. And I can't even imagine if when Lily was first starting to walk, I'm like, girl, get it together. You fell again. What the hell? You know, like we don't treat children like that. I mean, unless you're like a terrible person, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. that, that instead that we don't see, you know, when children are learning to walk as a series of mistakes, right? We're like, oh my gosh, you're learning. Every day you get a little bit better. Every day, you know, you get a little bit stronger. And I think we don't give ourselves the grace and the space as adults to do the same. I mean, I don't know about you, but most of us didn't go to money school when we were fifth grade, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so of course you're going to stumble and bumble with money. That's okay. It doesn't make you a bad person. It's not an indictment of your character or who you are. It's just in this moment, this is what you knew. This is what you did. And so, okay, you know, so now what can we do to do something about it? And so, yes, I wanted to address that in the very beginning of the book that like, before you even get started, all the money stuff, that's cool. But I want to reassess how are you feeling about yourself so you can receive any new new information from an open space so you can actually make it stick. Because, you know, Gabe, I've made a ton of you know, unforced errors, if you will, myself. And yet here still I am, you know, it is, there is redemption for everyone if you, if you seek to find it. Can you just, if this is people's first time hearing you, can you Mm -hmm. say a little bit about like where you were at when you started this in the the beginning? Absolutely. So I was at first, I want to say 
in my 20s, my early to mid 20s, I was financially perfect. Mm -hmm. I grew up learning at home how to manage money. My dad was an accountant. So he taught my four sisters and I about money early on. Mm -hmm. And then about 25, I started to take control of my personal finances, which I don't know who told me to do that. (laughs) I thought it was so grown. So I bought a condo. (laughs) I went to get my master's for like $50,000. Yeah. But worst of all, I invested, which I thought was a friend, but he was a thief. And he ended up getting me $35,000 in credit card debt. And so by the time I was 29, I was a steaming hot pile of, woo, it was a mess over here. And then on top of that, because I was like, I mean, it can't possibly get worse. The recession was like, hold my beer. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So then, and then on top of that, I lost my job. So I had all this debt within a few years, no job. And then this economic meltdown, you know, global economic meltdown. And by 29 going on 30, I was broker than I had ever been. You know, sometimes people will say they're broke, but you know, they've got some money in the bank or they've got like change in their pocket. No. Yeah. I had nothing. And so it was from that place that I rebuilt, but it was not easy because I certainly was speaking to myself terribly. I certainly Mm -hmm. was telling myself, how stupid can you be? You know, like, wow, Tiffany, you must be some kind of loser. Mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough to move back home with my parents. But I remember spending my 30th birthday in my middle school bed thinking, yo, you had more money the last time you slept in this bed than you do now at 30. Yeah. 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 Mm. That is the that is the thing is like you keep sort of saying, what did I do? Like, did I not appreciate what I had before? Mm-hmm. What did I do? Why? Yes. Why? You know, some people don't even get this money. I'm such yes. an idiot. Like, yes, it's just this. It makes it like very hard because you start to think like, I don't want to do it again. Like, I don't yes. want to have to do it again. Yes. It feels terrible. And so yeah. the lesson that I learned and this is through therapy and through my own just like learning is that, well, one thing like this is like two weeks ago, my therapist was reminding me of this. She was like, remember that it is not your fault what happens to you. So the economy, that's not my fault. Yeah. Interest rates, that's not my fault. Yeah. You know, you grow up with a terrible parent or whatever. That's not your fault. Right. Right. So we get that. And so sometimes people don't know that that's not their fault. It's like, so how's the economy and interest rates and defaults and things? That's not you, sis. Right. But yeah. it's not you. But what you can do is at some point, we all have to take responsibility for how we choose to live our life. Mm-hmm. So it's like the economy is doing this, but what is what can Tiffany do? Yeah. And so that's what I learned. Yes. It's like I can take ownership for what I can do. I can't fix the economy, but I can certainly say I could do a budget tonight and at least see where I stand. I could make a phone call to the credit card company to see if I could work something out. You know, I could instead of apply for one job, apply for three. So it's like, so it, it's empowering. It's not blame. It's this is what I can do. And so that was one of the lessons is that like, you know, I really wanted to push in that first chapter is that like you can take responsibility and meaning like you can take ownership for what you're capable of. And then two, that you're not meant to go by yourself. Honestly, like finance is a team sport. Like the lone wolf perishes in the winter. You know, you're not supposed to be out here by yourself. And and the only way to get rid of shame, you know, like if you think about like when something happens, you're a kid, you know, you, you, you broke the vase, you, you know, you stole candy, you, the only way to kind of release shame is to give voice to it. 
You have to say the words out loud because all of a sudden when I'm like, oh, I was $35,000 in credit card debt. I can laugh about that now. I was not laughing back then, you know, because I was hiding that secret. And I was like, if anyone knew, they would think I'm so stupid. They were, And now I could talk about it, write about it in a book. So giving voice to it in a safe space with safe people. And so that the first part of Made Whole, my new book, is all about like, let's release some of this funkiness so we can get to the business of doing the work. I know it's so hard to do the beginning vulnerable part because it it's like, you know, even like, how did you feel about the like scam of it all? Because that's the thing that like, to me, for my situation, you know, it's like a it's I'm going through a breakup where there's property involved and like I'm getting taken advantage of. And so like I'm like you uh, like, you know, you can only know what you know at this point. But it's like, oh, my God, what? Like, I'm stupid. <laughs> no. Babe, so look, here's the thing. I want you to tell yourself that that version of you made the best decision with the information that that version of you had. Right. It's like, well, duh, if I can look 10 years from now, 50-year-old Tiffany, in short, looking at 44-year-old Tiffany, like, girl, the hell? But yeah, you have the, you know, you have the, you have hindsight. You can see 10 years ahead of me that this version of me now is making the best decisions that I know with the information I have possible. I want you to think of like your life that like, so Gabe, you're in the kitchen and you're like, I only have cheese, bread, bologna, whatever. Well, you can only make a sandwich with what you have. Like you have not, the future you has gone food shopping. So future you is like, you should really eat better. It's like, well, future you, you went food shopping. Cute for you. But as it is right now, we're limited with what we have. And so you made the decisions that you made with the things you had in front of you. And okay, and we're going to forgive that, Gabe, because you did the best that you could with what you knew. And now that you know something different, you now are actively choosing something different. It's okay to be mad that like this person is, you know, mistreating you, you are feel to free, you're, you're free to feel and lean into that. It's okay to be mad. And then, you know, as you're navigating that anger, I hope you have a safe space to kind of like vent to people that care about you, you know, and then, then you can get to the business of doing the work, you know, as you start to release some of that, because you will find that you are not alone in the choices that you've made. And that like to, to, to navigate the way you're navigating is to be human. So like, what are we asking? Are we asking you not to be human? Oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. I just see people who like got money when they were younger and then invested it. And now they have so much money. And I'm like, why am and I And I dumb? promise you, so but... so those people who are doing that are, are, are drinking too much beer or have too much sugar or meaning like, I remember I was asking my therapist one time, I was like, Dr. Green, does anybody make it out of childhood okay? Anyway, and she was like, Yes. And she was like, even if you had this awesome childhood, you had a terrible, you know, boyfriend in college or you had a a toxic bestie, you know, work bestie or so meaning because she was like, Tiffany, you're human. Like you you literally. And so it doesn't matter what stage. So you might have skated in one part of stage of your life, but then there's a reckoning in another stage. You are navigating life as best as possible. And, you know, like I can assure you that you are doing a good job with the, with the ingredients that are before you. And as you get more ingredients, you'll do an even better job.
Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time consuming. I'm sure you guys know you've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top rated personal finance app, also has built in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
Indeed.com slash bad with money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host the show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen, I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. You were talking about like, you know, if I'm, it's okay if I made a mistake, new opportunities abound, you know, like that's what's so hard. And my boyfriend's a very like person who's like, okay, well, it's a waste of time to worry about the past, like we can, you know, now what do we want to do? And I think like it, that is sort of where you have to have your head at as like, okay, yes, this sucks. Yes, this is embarrassing. But the embarrassment is what is keep like, that's so much (sighs) that's keeping you in such a place. And it, and it is the hardest thing. I mean, the worst like exposure therapy for me is like having to say what's going on or be vulnerable. Which, why do I have this show? I don't know. But like, (laughs) it's like the worst, like, it's hard to say the thing. Yeah. It's just the worst exposure therapy. But the more you say it, the easier it becomes. Yeah, that's true. And, and get, I mean, did, um, just out of curiosity, did, did that scammer ever get justice? Yes. His comeuppance. So not for me. And I remember thinking like, this, this can't be how life goes. So I call him JTT, Jake the Thief. And so he stole from me. And then I found out he stole from a couple other people that that I knew. And I remember thinking like, wow. So he really just gets to go get away with all this. So because I was obsessive, every few years I would Google his name. He has a very, his name is not Jake. He has a very um, unique name. So I would Google, Google. And it probably was like maybe six or seven years in. I Googled and it was like, like an arrest form that came up. I was like, no. You know, my heart was leaping. I was like, you can't be joyful in people's downfall. But I was joyful. <laughs> and so he, because I guess what happens is that when your scam gets unchecked, people get bold. And he tried to scam the federal government, which they're not losing that case. And they didn't. And he got locked away. And I don't know if he's still locked up because I haven't looked at his name in a few years. But yeah, he got locked up. He tried to do like identity theft scam. Yeah. And so, and then, which is the worst is that 
he has a twin brother and try to say, try to pin it on his twin brother. According, I, clearly, I read the court documents. The worst type of guy. And then to find out, so the twin brother obviously didn't get in trouble because his twin brother is a fraternal twin. This guy is the I mean, yes. But honestly, every, time, every once in a while I think of him, I'm like, hmm, how's jail food? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Yeah, because I think like I want to live in a world where everybody gets their comeuppance and you have yeah. to be like, sometimes you have to be like, you know what? They're their punishment is that they're in a prison with themselves. Yes. Not like in a real prison. Yes, but, but I know what you mean. Being themselves is a prison, I yes. think. I know I always say like your your life it's its own reward or punishment. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. Just because someone might be you might be thinking someone's living this awesome life but no one knows what's happening behind the scenes and you know you you know you really do reap. You might my mother used to always teach me this that you always reap what you sow. You don't always reap where you sow. Oh, what's that mean? So meaning, so like, so he sowed bad seeds with me, you know, and I was hoping that I would be the one to get him locked up because, you know, but so he got his, he got his, but it, the where was with the federal government, but the what was still, you got, you got yours. And so in general, you know, so it's like, if I'm a really good person, you ever, you know, sometimes some people take advantage of me where I'm a really good person. I pour into them and I'm like, wow, they really screwed me over. But that good personness, because of that, I have amazing sisters. I have amazing friends. So it's like, okay, Tiffany, you poured into this person here and you didn't get to reap from them. You didn't get to harvest from them. But the other parts of your life, you do. And so sometimes it's hard because you're just like, but I planted in this field. And it's like, yes, but you actually got to pick apples across town. And so sometimes that's really hard to think of. But you reap what you sow, but you don't always reap where you sow it. That's really interesting. I've never thought of it like that. Mm-hmm. That's probably extremely helpful for people to hear. Yeah. I would love to gossip more, but I, <laughs> <laughs> this also kind of has to do with, you know, reframing stuff. So yes. I also found an interesting thing in the book where you said, instead of saying I'm in debt, you say I have a debt to pay. Yes. Can you talk about that? Because I feel like words are really powerful. Yeah. Right. So when you're feeling like you're in debt, it feels like this is place that you belong to this like prison that you're locked up in. And I wanted to reframe to say, no, 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 I have debt because having debt can come and go. Mm -hmm. Being in debt sounds like it's harder to get out of. And so that was just one of the reframes. And and you could type in therapy. (laughs) And so (laughs) I have an awesome therapist. And so (laughs) learning to reframe how we talk about money, how we think about money is one of the critical steps you're going to need if you're going to maintain the changes. So in Made Whole, I walk you through those 10 steps. And that's great. But what will happen is if you don't have this reframe, then when something real life happens, you will go back to the person you were. Yeah. And reframing allows you to say, okay, hey, like, um, so I'll give you an example. I did the Netflix special, Get Smart With Money. I helped this young woman named Ariana on there. She's awesome. Mom and, and wife and Ariana was really hard on herself. Everything was, I'm so terrible. I'm so terrible. I made these mistakes. And she wasn't so terrible. She did the best she could with the tools she had. And I remember thinking that my job really wasn't to get her to pay off this debt that she owed and things. Is I had to get her to think differently about herself or she'd be right back here. Because that's what, what was happening. She would dig out of debt. She would save money. Something would happen. She would slide back in the hole. And so at the end, I remember when I realized like we did it when we had gotten her, she had like paid off $60,000 of credit card debt. 
she had started this business that was doing well. And then she, I think she like broke her ankle or whatever. And so she couldn't go to work. And she was like, you know, I ran my credit card up a little bit. Yeah. And I was holding my breath to see what she was going to say. She said, but that's okay because I have a plan in place. There was no, I'm so terrible. I'm so, I was like, that's the key because Mm -hmm. we're going to make mistakes. But how you choose to look at it is going to dictate how quickly you can fix that thing. And so I knew my job was done when I realized she was no longer blaming herself. She was seeing the mistake as this independent external thing, you know? And so that's why it's so important because I wrote Made Whole as this guidebook, but it's going to be difficult to guide you if you have decided that you are unguidable, you know? Right. If you have decided that like, no, not me, everybody else can get help, not me. So that first part of the book is so important to break free from some of that like, harmful thinking so that the guidance can stick and and acknowledging I'm gonna make mistakes. I make mistakes now still. Yeah. But I don't I don't look at them like as like, you know, like mistakes that are condemnation of my character. It's like, no, this is an external mistake. Okay. I spend more money than I expected. It happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And also rethinking that things rethinking things that might be have been thought of as failures, like asking for help for me, I would be like, that's a failure. But as long as I'm getting the help, like what, you know, like there's gotta be to, to av- I would almost pay more to avoid having to seem like I needed something. than it would be to just be honest and say, like, I have a friend who's a facialist and testosterone is wreaking havoc. And I was like, and I've done promotions for her before. But I was like, oh, I feel bad. I don't want to ask her like to post on my Instagram in favor of like for a favor. I don't know. And then I was like, you know what? I'll just maybe I'll just book one with like a random person. So it's not weird with my friend. And then I was like, no, let me just text her and be like, are you willing to do that free for for posting exchange? And I even said like, I was like, hey, the strike has really been hard on me, which is why I haven't been in touch in a few months. I knew I used to go all the time. And she was like, oh, my God, I can just comp you again if you want to if you want to post on Instagram. But I would have rather not had that awkward conversation. I would have just paid for like a stranger. Why? Yeah. Why do why? I am I like that? <laughs> yes. So in, in general, it is really hard for people who are kind of go-getters, are used to being independent, you know, but you know, hyper-independence is a trauma response, you know, because you learn to parent yourself. You learn to look after yourself. I got it. I got it. I got it. I don't need anyone. But like, one, the last two years, I have learned to lean into, I need help. I am learning to raise my hand so quickly. I still sometimes forget, but I remind myself, Tiffany, uh, mm, 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 we're not struggling. I need help. I need help. And like, it is the best thing that you can do because one, you know, in so doing, you make it okay for the people who want help from you, who, who are friends of yours to be like, oh, Gabe asked for help. I, I can ask for help too. You know, I'm sure they're going to help me. And so like, you want to create the safe environment where you can ask for help and people can ask for help of you. And so, yeah, but it, it does take practice. It's a muscle to learn that you are not out here by yourself to cultivate. And if you are out here by yourself to begin to cultivate a safe circle of people that you can lean into and that can lean on you. But asking for help is the fastest way to go from A to B is through someone else. And also asking for help like from you know, other places like SAG has a thing where you can go to the food bank and to show your SAG card or certain restaurants were doing free food for WGA people on strike or 
you know, there's like, but, but I wouldn't, I didn't find out about the WGA thing until like a few months into it at this one mm-hmm. restaurant because I just never asked. Yeah. Like I, no one, I was like, how come no one told me this? But it's like, you never said like, where are people getting food? Yeah. You just assumed everyone had it better than you. Yeah. Everyone always thinks that. I always, I want everybody to get, so I have a niece, Amelia, who's six and there's nothing Amelia won't ask for. So like the joke is like, cause I, well, I'll say, oh, like, I'm like, it's auntie day. So what do you got? What do you want to do? I want to go to the zoo. And I'm like, okay. And she's like, I also want to get ice cream. Okay. And I also want to have pizza. Okay. And I also, and I, like Amelia is the queen of, and what else? And what else? Because at six, she's like, the sky's the limit. The hell? I'm going to ask. And so my therapist sometimes will tell me like, what would Amelia do? <laughs> Amelia, Amelia is an icon. Okay. And so I'm like, you know what? Amelia would be like, why wouldn't I ask? Because she's in her mind, people are around to help me experience life to the fullness of what, what, is, what I'm capable of experiencing. She's like, I'm going to have a good time. And like, if auntie can provide it, then if not auntie, then grandma. If not grandma, then my brother. If not my brother. And so I'm learning that, that they're, you know, and if you, like I said, if you don't have people around you in that space, certainly you can begin to cultivate it. But it is really why I started the Budgetista why I wrote Geeka with Money and why I wrote Made Whole because so many people kept coming to me asking for help. And so look what happens when when collectively people come to ask for help. I wrote the step-by-step guide that I probably would have never thought of, you know, to do. I wrote the step-by-step guide. And when I tell you, like, when I think about conceptually that nearly 300,000 people have gotten the textbook version of Made Whole, I mean... People that you would never, I would never imagine because the core, core, core of my audience looks like me, largely black women. And then there's women of color. Then there's women. Then there's black men. Then there's men of color. Then, 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 then. But like to get like, you know, (laughs) it was like this random white guy. Tim was like, I got to tell you, Tiffany, I love your book. And I'm like, what? But I love that, you know, because I'm not going to lie. I didn't think, I mean, I knew the material resonates with everyone. But I didn't know if anybody would be receptive outside of my community, you know. But look what happens that like when you ask, when people ask for help, it generates the answer to the question. And then that answer can help beyond what you initially thought. And so like, yeah, it's just, that's what I'm hoping is that like, you know, that made whole is going to be the answer to so many people's questions about what do I do about my money? How do I budget? How do I save? How do I manage this crippling debt? How do I raise my credit score? I want to earn more money. I want to learn how to invest. What is insurance? Do I have enough? Who should be on my financial team? What about my net worth? What about estate planning? Do I even need that? Like your holistic, I've called it made whole because these 10 things are each worth 10%. And so collectively, this is holistically your financial life laid out for you step by step by step by step. And so if you are willing to ask for help when it comes to your money, Here's the answer in Made Whole. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. 
You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business, and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible, and the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone. Chime members are not and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. I wanted to ask, I talk about this a lot when people ask me for advice. So can you talk about the the categories thing and the like, I think they're called control categories. It's one of my favorite parts of the book. I don't know why I get so excited about budgeting. I'm like, oof. <laughs> I mean, it's so, that's like one of the most helpful things that I've looked at. Yes. So um, the budgeting chapter, so budget comes first. And in that chapter, I teach you how to look at your money differently. First, I have you list all of your expenses and how much they cost you monthly. And so it's not just your bills. It's like also like eating out, grooming, you know, whatever it is. You list all of that. I call that your money list. And then once you have this clear picture of like, this is how much I'm spending every month, or this is how these are my expenses or how much they cost me monthly, because you might have, say, for example, a water bill that you pay every three months. Like I pay that in in Jersey. That's what we pay. But you still have to put that as a monthly like expense, you know? So everything needs to be expressed monthly. If you if you get a haircut every two weeks, still express it monthly. Okay, so set up like what, like how much that would be per month. Yes, so that part is really important because you want to see money in, money out within a one month span, right? So once you do that, then people are like, okay, then the math might tell you, I add up all my monthly expenses, 
I subtracted from my monthly take-home pay, I'm negative. You know, and this is where people kind of get a little sad, you know. Some people are... are or sometimes It did people, look like that, yeah. <laughs> or sometimes it'll say on paper that you're positive, but you're like, okay, I don't, where's that money? Because <laughs> it's not making it to... Yes, right? And so that's when I say now, this is when I say, you know, like I said before that... You can't decide what happens to you, but you can take responsibility for how you choose to live your life. Here's where you can start to take responsibility. You are going to put a B next to all of the bills on, on that money list, on that budget. And so a bill, think about it, is if you don't pay this thing, someone is likely going to be angry and might even see you for their money. That's how you know that's a bill, right? So you put a bill next to all those, a B next to all of those bills on your money list. And then you say, any one of these bills that is affected by my usage or utility, put a U in front of that B. So you're going to have a B, 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 and a handful of U's. So think about like, so bills like mortgage, rent, car note, water bill, light bill, student loans, like, right? And then a UB is going to be like your water bill, your, you know, your electric bill, maybe you have gas, you know? So you're probably going to only have a handful of UBs. Everything else is going to be a C. And those C's stand for cash or choice expenses. Right. So if you add up the B's and UB's and then you add up the C's separately, wherever you're spending the most amount of money, it tells me a lot about where you are financially. If most of your money are going to your C's, it means and you don't have enough money at the end of the month. It means you have a spend too much issue because those C expenses are you. You know, it's probably like groceries and, and grooming. Yes. But if most of your money is going toward your B's, then you have a don't make enough issue. And this is critical because, Gabe, what people will do is they'll say, Tiffany, I don't have enough money at the end of the month. I'm going to cut back. And I'm like, well, there's nothing to cut. You have two C's on here. But I find that people who already have a little bit of C's always want to cut. And I'm like, you need to make more. That's why the chapter on income is so important. And people who are overspending are just like, I'll just make more. It's like, that's actually not going to fix your problem because you're going to spend more. So it will help you to identify, do I have a make? not make enough issue? Do I have a spend too much issue? And then you start to focus on, let me go by category to make changes. So if I have a um, spend too much issue, I'm going to focus on my C's and start to ask myself, honestly, do I need every streaming platform, every streaming platform plus cable, you know? Um, and so I'm not here to tell anybody that they shouldn't enjoy life, but oftentimes we're spending money on things that we're actually not using. You know, so you're going to go line by line by line. And if you have a don't make enough issue, then we're not actually looking at cutting back. I want you to really focus on where are places I can make more money? When's the last time I asked for a raise? You know, do you have a goal? Like my sister calls it her go me file. We're at work that whenever she does something that makes the company money or saves the company money, she like has like this file on her computer that she says, go me. So when she meets with her, with her manager every six months or whatever, she can say, I did all of this. Just quantify too, right? So it's like all this awesome, awesome stuff and it made the company $2 million. So me asking for a $10,000 raise, actually, I'm, I'm not, underbidding right. myself. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Yes. So okay, yeah, I love, I, that I love that separating it between what you need, if you need to make more money or if you yes. need to cut stuff. And also like, it's hard because like you, you know, you moved back with your parents. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's hard to, for people, like, again, like pride, you know, it's yeah. hard for people to. Plus, everybody can't do that, right? Everybody, one, everybody's parents are not a safe space. We know that. 
You know, everybody, one, your parents might not be alive. They might not have the finances to help. There's so many. But what I do know is that 2024, I mean, you know, there's always doom and gloom, which I hate. But what I am seeing overall is that things are getting tighter financially. We know that interest rates are raising. We know that housing and rental prices are increasing. And there has to be a shift in the way we navigate our finances. You have to think like you're going to have to look at your money from a community perspective, meaning you cannot navigate alone. You're not going to be able to make it. You're not. Like a friend of mine, single mom, she's divorced with two kids. She said, do you know in two years, Tiffany, my rent has gone up $800. So $400 a year. How is that even? I was like, how are you making it? She's like, I'm not. $400 a month for two years. So now, and then think about inflation has raised the other parts of her life. So her life is an additional $1,000 a month with two young kids. There's no way, only way she's making it is because she has a community. She's got family. She's got friends who babysit, who help out. So what I'm saying is we're going to actually have to look at money differently. It's not just like grids and, and sheets and it's really going to be a collective. So, and I, 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 I believe this when I first started the Budget Nista and it's why I created my community called Dreamcatchers. There's 2 million of us plus worldwide. And in Made Whole, I give a link where people can join because you are not meant to manage your finances by yourself. I'm not talking about people are going to be giving you money, but sometimes it's advice. I'm not a single mom. So when she posts in the group, other single moms are like, here are the resources that I use. My friend Linda is a social worker. And sometimes I'll ask her, I'm like, you know, there's an elderly lady and she's struggling with this. And Linda's like, no, 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 no. She, in, in the state of New Jersey, she is, you know, this is what's available. How could I know that? That's why that community component, like in this book, I wanted to make sure that, yes, you have the lessons. Yes, you have the example. Yes, you have the opportunity to do the work, but also you have access to a larger community who is also working on their finances. So you're not out here by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it's going to come down to because large, larger political like systems are not working. No, it's not. Remember, that's the external stuff that I cannot control what the president does, but I can control. You know what? There's an elderly woman around the corner. I check on Miss Diane all the time. You know, when I order my Uber Eats, like I know she was in the hospital a few days ago and she told me the doctor said, I need to get more veggies in, but I don't like the taste. I said, well, when I order my smoothies, I'll order you some too. So I know she's on a fixed income. So what's an extra five, six bucks a week for me, you know? And so plus it allows me to go check on her because her grandson and I are friends and he lives in D.C. And so I know he's worried about her, but it gives me an excuse to be like, hey, Miss Diane, I came by with a smoothie just checking on you. But that's how it's going to have to look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, really beautiful. And I want to take, I want everyone to take that into the world. <laughs> so in terms of like, you know, we talk a lot about anxiety or, you know, things that, you know, we, you and I spoke like, oh, make the call or do these things. It was like really interesting to see in the book, also the debt collector conversation checklist. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about that in terms of like knowing what to say on the phone or like how, how much easier it is to mm -hmm. know when you know what's going to happen or when you have responses written down. So can you say yes. a little bit about what was in that? And then like how, you know, I, I often worry that money stuff is so connected to calling or writing in, or mm -hmm. it's like human interaction. <laughs> so here's the thing, like, so I, that was one of my favorite parts, right? That is that in the deck chapter, 
I talk about like, here's how you manage a debt collector if they're calling your phone. One, because sometimes there's like, there was this horror movie that I watched some years back where the killer was able to kill people because they were polite. And people felt weird about not allowing them in the house. It's like, oh, can I use your, because people were like, this guy seems weird. You know, like, and it's like, but he nicely asked if he could come use my phone, even though I feel a little odd. You're allowed to say, you know what? Better to be safe than sorry. Like, nah, I'm good. You know, but because when a debt collector calls you, they have tools in their toolbox to be like, I can get a rise out of you by making you angry. You know, I can shame you. Like, oh, I remember one debt collector was like, you're broke. Just say you're broke. And I was like, I was in my 20s. I was like, so I'm on the phone, cuffing the fucking back. Like, don't call me both. Yes. Because he was hoping to get me to do something that would reactivate the debt. And then some of them will just use kindness, you know, and niceness. I'll say not kindness because kindness is real. Niceness. Right. It's like, oh, well, you know, is there anything you could do? Mm -mm. If you don't feel comfortable talking to a debt collector, you can say, I'm not available to talk right now. I'll talk later. Click. You could just, they're used to it. You don't have to be rude. But one, you're not going to talk to a debt collector until you have whatever your little notebook is. You could grab made whole. You have your script there in front of you. And so you can literally say, if you call me tomorrow at three or better yet, don't call me, email me. Because with debt collectors, you by law can dictate how they communicate with you. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yes, you can. It was one of the first things I learned when I was in all that debt. My phone was ringing like off the hook. They were. I was a teacher at the time. They were calling the daycare center where I work. They were calling my sister's job. They were calling my parents' house. I was so freaked out. Which is, they're not really supposed to do that. They're, they're not, but they know that you don't know. And so I was like, what do I do? I was literally, my phone would ring and I would shake with anxiety. And so finally I was like, I literally Google, which I share in the, um, in the book, like a cease and desist letter. And I went, yes. And I faxed it. So old school, which actually is still the best way to get in touch. I know because you get a, a return receipt. I faxed it to the, you know, the, the, um, the company and basically the letter, like, and I, I give a blank sheet, which basically says, you are not allowed to call me at, from these places. What you are allowed to do though, is email me and send me mail here. So I can then navigate that way. When I tell you. But you said it was a cease and desist, like like it's just something you Googled, but they got freaked out. Well, no. So yeah, well, the cease and desist, I found a cease and desist letter just because, you know, I was 23, so I didn't have any attorney friends, but I That's found. That's what I'm saying. Like you could yeah. just do that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now that they get freaked out is because there are laws in place. I forget what they're called. The F. There's like these 16 laws in place where if they break those laws, there's literally a man in New Jersey that I had this debt lawyer friend of mine, Phil, who would sue. And it was like $1,500 for every, that they could get charged for every infraction. Oh, Like, wow. oh, they called you before a certain time? $1,500. Uh-huh. Oh, they called you. Yeah. So that's, that used to be how he made his money. And wow. so, like, so these companies know, but many times they don't, they hope that you don't know. So when I sent the letter, they realized like, okay, it doesn't matter that. He knows. A season of, yes, because by <laughs> law, if I put it in writing that you cannot, call me. And because I fax it to you, I have a return receipt. If yeah. you do call me and I can prove that you call me, <gasps> when we go to court, you're going to run me my money. Ah! Mm-hmm. Wow. And so, yes. Wait, they have so to I, pay you for the infraction? Yes, because it's by law. Mm-hmm. So that, that part, I didn't know. So that's why when I sent the letter, it was within like a day or two, the call stopped. And I was like, wait, 
that really worked? And then when I asked my friend Phil, he was like, yes, because Tiffany, like there are literally people who hope that debt collectors call, make an infraction because they can make money off of every single infraction. Wow. Mm -hmm. This is the type of stuff you got to know. Yeah. So knowing that, and I, I put all that in the debt chapter of like, here's how you navigate. Here is what you can say to a debt collector when they call you. If you don't have their, their, their fax number or email or whatever, you do not, just because you owe someone doesn't mean they have the right to harass you and mistreat you. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. They don't like, certainly if you owe someone legitimately, they do have a right to their money, but they, you know, there are legal things in place in a way that they can get that money from you, mistreating you, harassing you. No, that's not one of those things. And the law agrees because if they do that, you know, and they're found guilty, they'll be in trouble. What they're hoping is to scare you into, because oftentimes, so, so in the state of New Jersey, for example, credit card debt, a revolving debt after six years, I think it's six years, it's either six or seven years, it becomes zombie debt. So like a zombie, it's alive but dead, meaning that like, do you still owe it? Yes, technically. Can they collect legally? Not so much because the law basically says, like you had six years to take Tiffany to court. Right. We are full. The court system is full. You had your time. Right. So, okay. But if you make, so Gabe, let's just say you're like, oh, okay, I have the zombie that is 15 years old. And they're like, oh, you're broke, Gabe. You're broke. Just say you're broke. You're like, I'm not broke. I could do a dollar. They're like, cha-ching. Because once you agree to that payment, all of a sudden that zombie is back alive again. Wow. Yes. Fuck. So some of these debt collectors are so bad, Gabe, that they would literally make the dollar payment for you. That they got found it. Yes, they were doing it. They don't do that now. But they would make the payment for you. So that way, then they could take you to court for the full amount and say, no, no, no. Gabe made a payment. It's like, I didn't make a dollar payment. Yes. They're terrible. Wow. Yes. And so they're hoping. So that's why that debt chapter is so important. Because mm-hmm. the chapter on debt is not just about, like, here's how you pay down debt. It's also important, like, how do you navigate the debt process? So that way, you can focus on getting your debt down to a manageable space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I was going to ask too about restructuring debt and about what you were talking about with that because people ask, you know, someone just asked on the show, I want to buy a house. I want to save for that, but I also have, debt. So what do I do? And I was thinking like, I mean, this is my non-expert opinion. I was like, well, maybe you could like see what the interest rates are for your debt and like see what the interest rates would be like in a savings account for your house. And like, if those are higher or like what kind of debt it is. So like, can you talk a bit about restructuring? Absolutely. So when you restructure your debt, and this is how I was able to get out of that $35,000 worth of credit card debt, because it was over a few credit cards. Oh, got it. I looked at the interest rates to your point. One, I still had good credit. Like I still had a high credit score because like the mistake had not hit my credit score yet. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it takes like a month or so. So I was able to open up new cards with 0% interest for two years. Nice. 
And so to restructure means it's like you still owe the same amount, but you owe it over here at better terms. That's what mm. to restructure the debt means. It means to get better terms for your current debt. Okay. You know, so let's just say you say to yourself, like you have uh, private student loans and maybe the interest rate is 8%. But you look at a company like a SoFi or something like that. And yeah. SoFi says, oh, you know, hey, you've got a great interest, a great, a great credit score. We can refinance your debt at 4%. So it's like, I still owe the same student loan, but instead of paying 8%, I pay 4%. Or refinancing your house. Remember during the, the pandemic, right? Um, interest rates for homes dropped to like 2 3%. So yeah. if you were paying 6% on your mortgage, the same mortgage, you could refinance it at 2%. So it's the same mortgage, lower interest rate. And so your monthly payments are lower and you pay less over time. And so that's what restructuring debt. It's just looking at your current debt. You have to figure out how much do I owe? Who do I owe and at what rate? And can I find a better rate someplace else? And am I eligible for it based upon my credit? And if so you do are, you think, oh, do you think no, no, that that makes sense too? If you have multiple credit cards to get like three of them down to one card that has zero? If you can, that absolutely. Because think about it this way. So let's just say you're paying 10% and we're just doing simple math. And yeah. you have three, each of these three cards it's $100, you have $100 on this card, 100, 100, and it's 10%. That's $10 a month over three cards. So you're paying an extra 30 bucks a month. Right. Because you're, you're slowly but surely paying this $100 payment every month. I'm just making up the number. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So now, instead of paying, you know, an extra 30 bucks a month, you're just paying what you actually owe because there's no interest. Interest yeah. is the fee that you have to pay on the money that you owe. So if you could just pay, I owe you $10,000, I just have to pay you 10 versus 10 plus Another 10%, that's transformative, you know? Does that affect your credit score to close accounts? Or you just, it can, you just... yes. Now, here's the thing. So it could be worth it because once you pay it off, your credit scores can rebound. And mm. in, in the long run, if I don't have to pay those fees month after month after month after month, I will save money in the long run. So sometimes you have to like take the peas with the pizza. It's okay. like a temporary dip in credit so I can restructure my, my, my debt pay less over the long run. And once I pay off this debt, my credit will bounce back because I paid off debt. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you pay off the, the whole thing. Yeah, so you pay off the whole thing. Now, you have to be careful with restructuring because credit card companies, they are slippery people, mm. right? So like, let's just say they're like, okay, hey, Tiff, your credit score is looking cute. We'll let you restructure your debt over here. You know, like put all the cards over here and we'll give you two years to pay it off. You're like, oh my gosh, at 0% interest. Yay, go Tiff. And then they're like, <laughs> wait, if you don't pay it off at the end of the two years, you're going to have to pay like 29% interest on oh, all the money. Okay. So you have to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Now they don't all do that, but you want to make sure what, you know, like if I restructure, what are the terms if I don't pay it off at the end of the two years? Yeah. And you know? read, read the fine print. Yes. And ask about that. Can you put that in writing for me? I want to, because you want to make sure that like, and let's just say they say, well, yes, if you don't pay it off at the end of two years, if you owe $1 on that card and you don't pay it off, then yes, uh, we are going to charge you the full interest on all that you borrow. Oh my then God. you know, at year and a half, if you don't look like you're paying it off, you might want to restructure out of that debt with them to another place. You see? Yeah. So it doesn't mean that you don't have to go with them, but you just want to know like, okay, that like, you know, that the, the terms, if I don't pay it off, let me see when I'm three-fourths of the way there to find someplace else to, to take this to take this debt to, to be right. on the safe side. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I could ask you like a hundred million more questions. 
I guess I want to ask, because um, we were talking about debt and credit cards. Can you talk a bit about the deactivation stickers? That was so interesting <laughs> to me. So, you know, how you get your, your card and it has like the sticker on the front. It says, call this number or put it in the ATM to activate. So back in the day. So if you look on the cover of my my and I always wear my green bands on my book, Made Whole, you will see that like I have these green bands and on it, it says needs over loves over likes over wants. So it's supposed to be like this, like, like visual prompt that like, wait, do I need this thing I'm about to buy? Do I love this thing that I'm about to buy? Or do I just like this thing or want this thing I'm about to buy? And so I put it on a, literally just an address label that I got from Staples and I made it red. And it said, you know, need is greater than love, greater than like, greater than want. And I stuck it on the card. And so what it did was every time I took out my debit or credit card, it was like, hold up, Tiffany. Like it's basically deactivated me from like, so it doesn't really deactivate your card, but it was a visual prompt to say, stop and think about your purchases. And so I like these like, like, the teacher in me understands that sometimes we need a we need a disruptor. I don't know. Let's just say like, you know, you're trying to like you're doing like no drink November. Right. And so you put your alcohol into your liquor cabinet and you lock the door and you put the key someplace inconvenient. So you go to drink, you know, because you know, what happens? You go to drink. You're like, oh, oh, that's right. That that five seconds of that's right. I would have to go get the key from upstairs, bring it down. It makes you say, that's right. I'm not drinking in November. OK. You know, like, so sometimes you just need a, a disruptor. So I like to make those for myself. And depending on if someone's listening to this, part, they're probably gone right now, but I signed 5,000 copies of, uh, of the book and I, I gave away the bracelets so that way people can have that visual disruptor for the first 5,000 signed copies. The bracelet says don't buy anything. <laughs> no, the bracelet says your needs are greater than your loves, greater than your likes, greater than your wants. Oh, love! So I needs, love that that fits on the bracelet. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's need and the greater than sign, then love, yeah. the greater than sign, likes, yeah, greater than sign, want. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I have like a problem with like popping off on the internet. And so I had <laughs> like a, the background on my phone for a while was every, not everybody needs to like you. You don't even like everybody. <laughs> it's true though. I love that. Sometimes yeah. it's just a visual reminder of like, you know what? Like, it's, I'm not going to engage. Sometimes, I mean, I get it. Sometimes it's hard because people can be so nasty. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I have time today. Yeah. And other times I'm just like, you know what? I'm in my zen. Yeah. I'm in my okay. zen. Doesn't matter. You, know? you can lie or whatever you want. So exactly. Whatever. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to take my walk, drink my club soda <laughs> and, and take a nap. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you and more about you? Um, so you can find me, the budget nista on all the socials. I don't really TikTok, but I'm there um <laughs> under duress. Like I'm on uh, you know. t- Twitter slash X, which whatever. Um whatever. Instagram, YouTube, uh thebudgetnista.com. And if you want to get made whole, you can go to a madewholeworkbook.com and there's a free toolkit there you know, you can get the book. And yeah, I just hope that this book does as much for you as I, as I really believe that it can. Hopefully it will make you financially whole, ideally within a year, if you really stick to it. So madewholeworkbook.com. Thank you so much. Bad With Money with Gabe Shane Dunn is a production of Noted Bisexual, produced by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond M. Print Productions, edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Coco Lorenz and music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Jack Dolgen as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you. Love you. Bye.
With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.